So where did you live when you first got to L.A.? With my mother's roommate from college. <laughs> <That's awesome>. <laughs> <laughs> what was your first job in L.A.? My first job in L.A., I think it was The Ellen Show. And what was your initial impression of L.A. when you landed? Oh, well, I was coming from New York, and I got here, and I thought, oh, this place is awesome, <laughs> even though everyone in New York is always so negative about L.A., and I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> and how many years did it take you of living in L.A. until it started to feel like home? Um, well, I kind of kept going back and forth between L.A. and New York, so it it sort of happened. It definitely happened over time. Mm-hmm. And if you had to sum LA up in one word, what would it be? Sunny. Sunny. It is sunny. It's so sunny. It's so sunny here. Speak LA, the podcast. We are incredibly excited to be talking with Connie Britton today. Um, Connie's career started out with the indie hit, The Brothers McMullen. From there, she was cast as Nikki Faber in Spin City. My favorite roles of Connie's are Tammy Taylor in Friday Night Lights, or if it's okay with you, Connie, I might just have to refer to you as Coach's Wife for the rest of the <laughs> podcast. You, you wouldn't be alone. Okay, with that. okay. Um, Vivian in American Horror Story, and of course, Raina in CMT's hit show Nashville. Country music and gorgeous people cheating on each other. Can't can't get enough of it. Um, <laughs> Connie's films include This Is Where I Leave You, Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. Beatrice at Dinner, to name just a few. Connie has been nominated for four Emmys, a Golden Globe, and two TCA Awards. And uh, we are so excited oh to gosh. have you today. So excited. Thank yes. you. Thank you for being here with us. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Thanks um, for having me. Yeah. So um, our podcast, Con, as you know, is uh, you know mostly geared towards actors and questions that actors have uh, as they're coming up. So first, we just want to know, how did you get famous? No, yeah. that's not really our oh, question. How, how did you do it? <laughs> give us give us the, the quick tips. <laughs> no. Um, can you tell us, like, tell us a little about the beginning of your career, like what it was like, you know, before Brothers McMullen and what those what those days were like? I, well, it's funny to hear you say, oh, and she started in an indie film, Brothers McMullen, <laughs> which you were in. Yeah. That's which so is how true. we know each other know. because Jen and I were both in Brothers McMullen. Um, many years ago, many years ago, <laughs> and I watched it. And you watched when you, it. I was six. not in it, but I watched it. Exactly. And loved it. So, in it, and by the way, it's an important piece of film. So yeah, very of, important of filmmaking. So everybody should watch <laughs> very it. Very important. So that's number one. Okay, if you want to, you know, if you want to be successful, you better watch Brothers. <laughs> I mean, actually, I do have to say that I do love the story of Brothers McMullen because. It is such an example. You asked about the beginning, which was really in, I mean, I went to college. Um, then I went to the neighborhood playhouse in New York and I studied there for two years and um, then really just started to pound the pavement in New York. And what that looked like was not having an agent, not having any representation, um, you know, getting backstage every week, doing 
standing out in the rain at five o'clock in the morning at Actors Equity to uh, in to line up so that I could maybe get an audition for whatever they had, whatever play they had going on, starting my own theater company, starting my, own, you know, trying to write stuff, doing plays in church basements, all the things, doing regional theater, any anything I could do, I was doing and <laughs> um, not getting paid for generally. Um, and Brothers McMullen came out of that. I, I answered an ad in backstage as I did every week. And I would send, you know, send out pictures and resumes to nobody that I knew, just sending them out and not knowing if I'd ever hear back from people. And, you know, heard back from them months later, I think, um, saying, we want to have you audition for this movie that we're doing. And I debated even going to the audition because, you know, not these things didn't usually turn into anything. But I ended up going, and and um, it was Eddie Burns who has since become, um, you know, a really successful filmmaker and actor in his own right. And we, I auditioned for the movie, and uh, they cast me on the spot, which made me <laughs> convinced awesome. that they probably <laughs> didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> and um, you know, we did the movie, and you you were there. You you played a part in it as well, and you, so you'll you remember too. I mean, the thing that was so great about that experience was, well, there was no money. That wasn't the great part, but <laughs> it was just we were all really thrilled to have the opportunity to do this, and. I was mostly doing theater at the time. So, you know, even though it probably felt like a little movie that wasn't going to go anywhere, you know, we would get together after, you know, at 10 o'clock at night after we'd all finish our day jobs and drink beers and go through the scenes. And, yeah. and then we would just, you know, whenever Eddie had film stock, he'd call and say, Hey, can we shoot this scene this weekend? You know, so it took forever to shoot the movie. And, but, you know, everybody just loved that we had the opportunity to do this and, get together and, and Eddie really had a vision and, you know, for me, he'll always be the example of the kind of director I love working with the most because he, he, he writes his own material and directs his own material. He's very collaborative. He loves improvisation. He really trusts his actors Mm -hmm. and loves his actors and loves the whole creation process. And, um, you know, next thing we knew, be- again, because of good luck, because Eddie was working at Entertainment Tonight, he ran into Robert Redford and handed him oh a rough God, cup, right? cut of the movie. I know that. You know, That's he had, yeah, they like saw each other. You know, he was wow. riding in an elevator, and this move, this, this story was corroborated years later <laughs> by Robert Redford himself to me, you know, who said, wow. Well, I was riding up in an elevator with this kid, oh and I had to do entertainment tonight, and I hate doing that stuff. <laughs> And, you know, the, this kid reaches in his backpack and hands me uh, a tape and says, Mr. Redford, I'm, a, I'm an independent filmmaker. Would you take a look at this? And, oh my God. you know, and Redford was like, and I don't know why I did it, but, you know, that's really what I wanted Sundance to be. So I took it and we looked at it and the movie ended up win- winning the Grand Jury Prize at the Sundance Film Festival. So it's really, it really was a really a very idyllic, um, extraordinary story, yeah. as you well know, Jen. Yes, as I well know. And what I love so much about that story is I feel like not that much has changed. You know, people like actors are still standing in line oh, at yeah. Actors Equity and, you know, sending away. I mean, now they're probably submitting online, but it's still, you know, backstage is still alive and well and, you know, mm-hmm. trying to trying to do theater, trying to 
trying to, like you said, just say yes to everything. Yeah. And really create your own, you know, create, if, if you can't get into the play, create your own place, find, find a group of people who have the same ideas or, or vision or, or, uh, just desire Mm -hmm. as you do and get together and, and write plays or produce plays Mm -hmm. or, um, movies if that's, if that's your thing, you know, um, I love that you started a theater company. Yeah, that's uh, me too. I mean, that, oh my gosh! What, what was the time period, kind of before you know the brothers McMullen kind of took off, and then you were in this next chapter of your career? But it how was long probably had you about been? five years okay. in New York. Yeah, um, and wh- four like four or five years, and then uh, I love that's so amazing that you were just. Mm-hmm. And, and when did you start your theater company in there? Oh, I don't remember. That's I, you really... know, it was just all a hodgepodge. Podge. It yeah. was just doing anything <laughs> yeah. and everything yeah. and, you know, teaching aerobics on the side. <laughs> but you knew. You always knew you wanted – it sounds like you really were clear that you wanted to be an actor. It was really always my dream. And I definitely run into people sometimes who are, you know, they're like – you know, I think I want to be an actor. I think I decided that's what I want to do. And for me, I, you know, and I, ne- I never begrudge anyone that, but for me, it was something that I loved very early on. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. talking like first grade writing or not, maybe not first grade, but maybe third grade or fourth grade writing plays and performing them, subjecting like my grade to the play that I'd written, you know, and, and Subjecting then, your grade, not your parents. Like no, the rest no, of us, no, but yeah. It was Taking, this was performed at yeah. school. Oh yeah, it was performed at school. That's right. And I remember, <laughs> and I actually awesome. remember this. This is such a horrifying rem- memory where I, because we had just moved to Virginia, so I think I was only like seven or something, and performing. I, so we had, and the reason I remember that we just moved is because we had these wardrobe boxes, which I thought were so cool, like those really tall yeah. boxes, and. So I took the box and made it into like a set, like a sort of makeshift (laughs) set and then performed some play that I'd written (laughs) in front of the, like the whole like grade that I was in, not just my class, but the whole, like everybody in the sort of central area of this like room in this little public school where I was going. And they must have been, you know, and I was the new girl. Well, I mean, they must have been like, oh my God, what a loser. No, like, what a serious so loser. Brave. Like me dragging in my wardrobe box because this is my set. <laughs> oh anyway, my God, so yeah, I just, it was, it was something that was always a dream of mine that I never thought could be a reality. And I, when I went to college, I was actually, I mean, I studied Chinese in college. I studied other things, but I did theater the whole time, but you know, I thought, okay, it's time to go on and do something mature and grown up. And then I just couldn't shake it. And I really loved it. And I, I don't know. I just thought, well, I'll give it a shot, go to New York and try. You gave it more than a shot, five years. I know. You know, that's, that's how did you keep that, you know, that kind of, um, momentum with, with the rejection that obviously happens within that kind of beginning time period of when you're just beginning as an actor? I think it really is because I had such a strong desire Mm -hmm. and it was such a, such a strong dream for me and it had been for so long. And so I think that kept driving me, even though constantly with all the rejection, you think you're a fraud, 
And by the way, that doesn't ever go away. I mean, I still think I'm a fraud half the time. I'm like, oh my gosh, somebody's going to figure out that I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) You know, but I mean, I, and I remember being in acting class in New York too. And there would people would get up and do a scene. And I, I was like, they're terrible (laughs) and nobody's telling them that they're awful and I'm probably terrible too. And nobody's telling me either, you know? So it's like, it really is a a thing where, you know, and, and, and even having those thoughts helped because it helped me to define, it helped me to kind of narrow, narrow down even more, okay, so there's a strong possibility that I could be really actually terrible. So I'm going to try to narrow down even more why I'm doing this and what I have to offer. And that was the key for me that I think changed probably what I was doing. Because by the way, I'm sure there, there have been plenty of times when I was terrible. And especially back in those days, like I, I was know. really learning all the time. I don't know. I don't think that. so. No, no. <laughs> I'm sure that, there, there are people, I'm sure there are people out there who could, you know, confirm that for you. But, um, you know, I, I think that the part of that in the process of rejection and needing to really figure out, is this the right thing for me to be doing? It helped me to kind of hone in on, okay, well, if I'm going to do this, why am I doing this? And what do I have to offer? And what, what do I have as, as an artist that, that nobody else can give? Because I think that's really the key. You know, we go into these auditions and I think so often you feel like, they, they, they're giving you, they're telling you they want this and this and this, and you know, this hair color and Mm -hmm. this, you know, just like so-and-so on TV or whatever. And so you think you have to go in and be just like something else. Mm -hmm. And in fact, what I realized, which I think made a big difference for me is I'm actually going to try to do something that they actually aren't going to be able to find from anybody else. Oh, wow. Because then, you, you know, then you have something unique to offer. And and so that's where I think that like all that rejection and just the the long journey of it, it helped me because it helped me to really get down and dirty in terms of what what I have to offer and why I'm doing this. Yeah. Oh, it's great. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, we were just actually talking about this in terms of you. I was telling Jen, because I teach acting, and a lot of times my students will say, you know, it's not – you have the script and you have all this these circumstances, and that's what changes you as the character, but your essence is who you are remains the same. Right. And right. I was saying, I was like, what I love – I mean, I, I think you're a phenomenal actress. I'm very <laughs> excited to be doing this with you. <laughs> but I love – what I love about your roles is there's so much warmth to every role that you play. And yeah. whatever situation you're in, it's there, which is obviously a part of who you are as yourself, you know, that you bring that to the role. and it's, No matter what the no role is. No matter what the yeah. role is. And, and that's such a good thing to know because that I think is the form that that's like the question that everybody ha- has. Like, yeah. how can I be like X person or mm-hmm. how can I do this or how do I morph myself in this way or am I skinny enough? You right. Know, tall enough, pretty enough, pretty enough, handsome, all that kind of stuff. I know. I feel like we kind of get directed into looking at things in the wrong way because we're, we're trying to be more of something that we've already seen before. Mm -hmm. And in fact, what we need to be 
is more of something that we haven't seen before. And what I love yeah. so much about that, that you're saying that, is that the directors that we've talked to, that we've interviewed, say that same yeah. thing from the other side. Oh, yeah. really? You know, like Rob Zombie said and Josh said, like, you know, I'm not looking for – I'm looking for – originality and right. unique and and they all say like I want to be Steve Sessions said when he was when he was doing his sh- his show recently and casting a pilot he was like I want somebody to surprise me yeah you know yeah. they don't want they don't want someone to walk in and do exactly what they've written mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um or, but, yeah do it the yeah. way that only you can do right it, you know oh, make so it good you know yeah that's yeah. such a great way to put it yeah, yeah. it yeah. is because nobody exactly else that. can do that no yeah they just can't yeah they that's can do value. other things. And that's also, you know, that also go, plays into the whole, you know, there's always that thing of uh, being jealous of other actors mm-hmm. and there's, you know, oh, so-and-so got that role and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, <laughs> and I, you know, I, this really, this way of thinking really helps me with that too, because I'm kind of like, well, then they, they're going to, they're going to offer something to the role that was that specific to them that maybe I couldn't have offered, mm-hmm. you know, and look, sure. There are times when it's like, Oh no, they just suck. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you know, but, 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 but maybe not, yeah. you know, that's, it's, it's really, it's just, you know, stay in your lane. Focus yeah, on what you got. Lane. That's great. That's, is that's that how great. you have approached? Like, so when you go in for an audition and you think about auditions, because that's always a bit, I don't know. Do you enjoy auditioning? That's a, a good question for you. Do you actually enjoy it? <laughs> um, I haven't auditioned in a while. Yeah. But I, I've gotten to a place where I, if 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 I feel like the audition can be has the potential to be a collaborative process, then I then I enjoy it because then I'm just I feel like I'm in the process of of you know going it you know I sort of look at it like well I'm having the opportunity to go in and meet with a director mm-hmm. you know I I'm never I've never been a fan of going you know the more cattle call audition where you just have to kind of go in and like do your thing and then walk out and like there's no interaction mm-hmm. I really love when I get to go in and meet with a director meet with somebody who has a creative uh, it, it is going to have creative input into what you're doing because I feel like we all make each other better. So mm-hmm. if I, that, then that's an opportunity for me and it's an opportunity to see, Oh, is this a director that I'm going to really vibe with? And we are going to be able to make each other better. Like I want to know that too, you know? Um, but you know, there are those auditions where you just have to kind of go in and do it. And it's, it's sort of like walking into a void a little bit that way. And then for those kind of auditions, it, then it's sort of like, all right, well, so uh, it's just me here. It's just me. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to go in and do, do the, do the thing that I can do. And, Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to try to bring it to life as best I can. I I just think if, you know, for me, that always helps if I'm just thinking, okay, well, I'm just going to try to bring this thing to life because going into a void like that, where, the other person across from you is seeing, you know, however many people that day and they're just putting you on tape and you're not really getting a lot of feedback. That's not a great way to work. So mm. you have to make it a great way to work and you have to make it yours. So it's sort of like, okay, well, I'm just going to go in and see like if I can surprise myself and what I can discover here and, mm-hmm. and, 
um, how much I can bring to life, like sitting in a room where the other person is reading from a script and not even looking at me and probably the wrong gender of whoever's I'm supposed to be playing. You know what I mean? It's like, then it's sort of like, I'm going to like make that challenge for myself. Like, okay, well, how can I bring this to life and, and make it, make it live as opposed to just be this flat experience. That's amazing. That's awesome. So bringing yourself to it, which mm-hmm. is what you're saying, which is what everyone should do mm-hmm. in terms of what is special about me and what can I do well. And then also like, let's surprise myself when I'm in the room. Yeah. 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 I mean, I love the, I, I mean, and yeah. I do this in my, when I'm working all the time, which is I, I really do try as much as I can to not know what's going to happen, which is why sometimes the first takes are my favorite or, or the scariest and most exciting because I like to go in and have the, have there be space for, uh, spontaneity and Mm -hmm. the unknown and Mm -hmm. the surprise. So, you know, you can do that in auditions too. For sure. When we asked you the questions at the top, you said, uh, financially when you first came, it was a rough time. Yeah. What I'd love to hear. Well, that, um, yeah, you know, I mean, I I hadn't really made any money uh, unless you count like the fifty dollars a night that I would get for murder mysteries um, <laughs> back in New York. No, but the, you know, it's I think it's an it's a relevant story for you guys because actually when I when I came out to L.A. it was right after the Brothers McMullen, and so for the first time I was having you know meeting with agents and. Um, you know, producers and, you know, really I was actually for the first time being able to get into some of those doors that had been mm-hmm. closed in my face for so many years. And in the course of that time in New York, I had signed a contract with a manager who, you know, mostly managed children. And I wouldn't say, you know, they were, I suppose, legitimate, but I, this was a very important lesson, and I think it's an important lesson for people who are starting out because, look, when you're starting out, you want anybody to help yeah. you in any mm-hmm. way possible. Yeah. And I, I might have gotten a job with them, maybe a job or two with them, but uh, it was, you know, it was, it was, it was not really, it was not really a manager who was going to be able to do that much for me. And I, you know, they made me sign a contract and it was a contract that, um, required more money than most, what most, than what is standard for most managers and most agents, which is 10%, which is 10%. And I think that was, I don't know, I think it was either 15 or 20%. Right. Um, anyway, so, when I got to LA and I started meeting with really kind of legit agents and all that, I kind of realized, I don't, I don't think that this relationship is actually gonna, I think this is going to hinder me. Right. And so I wanted to, you know, I, I, I wanted to be able to move on from that. And I had to actually pay the manager off like pretty, pretty hefty sum of money in order to be able to get out of the contract. And I had to borrow that money from my parents, which I was able to pay back to them later. Um, but, uh, yeah. So I guess the moral of that story is don't sign contracts. If you can avoid it. <laughs> I mean, I think that- <laughs> don't ever. Or, or just be careful. Like if you're signing a yeah. contract, really do you know what you're signing, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And because yeah. they will legally bind you. And there's, that usually means there's money involved. Yeah. 
Well, and a lot of a lot of agents and managers actually don't make you sign contracts in the beginning. So, right. So, I mean, I'm sure that that you had to because you they said you had to. Well, but- that's the thing is, you know, yeah. what I learned later is that I, I I don't think I've ever actually signed a contract with yeah. an agent or a manager again. Yeah, that's um, interesting. So that's that's why I I feel like the ones who ha- make you sign these very um, restrictive legally binding contracts mm-hmm. just you know, keep your eyes open. If that's something that somebody's asking you to do, there's probably a reason for that. Yeah. In my experience. That's well, my experience. and I mean, you, yeah, not to go back, you know, 20 years, but you, the, the, the activity that you were, it wasn't that you were some kind of disloyal person, like the activity that you were having, the brothers McMullen, you got on your own, the yeah. agent meetings that you were having right. because of the brother, like, yeah. you know, anyway. No, no, it was not, yeah. it was not, it was just a different yeah. world from yeah. what that yeah. manager was going to be able to do. Yeah. So. I think that happens a lot when you're just I do starting too. Yeah. too cuz you you know happened, happened to me too. Yeah, I was yeah, just going to say it happened yeah. to you Thanks. as well. Yeah. I mean, I I think there's a little bit of a power, you know, when you're an actor just beginning. Yeah. There is a little bit of um you know, who's get, thank you. Thank you so much for hiring me or thank you yeah. so much yeah. for working with me and you know. You're just, you know, look, when you're first starting out, you really are just desperate to to do the work and to have somebody who's going to help because it does seem so overwhelming when you're first starting out. Yeah. And, you know, you don't know where to turn. And, and it's see, also, it seems like, boy, to break through those, you know, and get through those doors. How do you do that? You know, the, the idea of having an agent always seemed for years seemed so, so distant to me. Yeah. You know, I think that's still the case. I think that's a lot of how a lot of people feel. Yeah. Well, and that's why I say, you know, focus less on getting the agent and focus more on, on your, what you can do and what you can yeah. create. So good. Because by the way, that's going to continue for the rest of your career. You know, agents can be really, really effective and really helpful, but you know, you're going to always be getting your own jobs and it's, it ends up coming, happening out of relationships and, you know, it just, it, it sort of, it becomes a kind of just a continuous process where people know you and want to work with you or that kind of thing. And so just, just remember that you have to, you, you create it. Yeah. I'd love to, that was actually going to be one of, one of our questions. So I'd love yeah. to segue into that, which is just how much, you know, we talked to Ron Livingston, who talked about, you know, like swingers was obviously came from, you know, groups of friends. What's Colla- that? Oh, right. Collaborating, right? Collaboration. And, um, yeah. you know, kind of everybody we've talked to talks about the importance of, you know, friendships and relationships. And I think sometimes people hear that, you know, and it sounds very sort of opportunistic or gross, like we're all just making friends to help each other or whatever, which I don't think that's so much what it is, is like just that the that we're all in this together, you know, so. Yeah, I think it's yeah. actually the opposite of being opportunistic, in fact, because particularly when you're starting out, it's not about being opportunistic. It's just about, it's about survival, but not only about survival, it's about serving your your art because when you, I mean, that's why you and I are still friends to yeah. this day. I mean, when we look back at our time in New York, you know, uh, you know, I was in acting class you know, with Lauren Graham and right. Asif Manvi and, and, you know, a lot of, and, you know, we know Ron from way back yeah. and it's like, we've all known each other for a long time and came up together. And those are very, will always be really important relationships. We were all struggling, but we all had a vision. And when you're an artist, you, and particularly when you're an actor or a filmmaker, you 
it's it's helpful to have other people and yeah. to find other people who you can you can play with. Yeah. And so um I think it's just, I think it's imperative and, you know, all, I just, there are, I love always hearing about the people who started out together Mm -hmm. and then, you know, and who then end up becoming successful and you, you know, I don't know, like De Niro and, um, uh, I, 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 I can't remember all of them, but it's like all the people who kind of started out together and just, you know, were pounding the pavement or in yeah. acting classes and the actor studio, all those people yeah. from the actor studio. I mean, Daniel, all of yeah. the, all of the, the great, all of yeah. those great, the actor studio and, and so many of the classes and so many of the, the theaters, particularly in New York and in LA for sure. And yeah. all over the country yeah. started out with people who just were like, I want to do this. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not even going to worry about what the result is. Yeah. This is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And I, there, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to be meeting people who also want to do this. And when we work together, we can make each other great and we can do this great thing. And we're making, we're making theater. We're making, we're making film. Yeah. That's how it works. And I think especially in LA, it's so important to have your people, mm-hmm. to have those people that you can collaborate with and then and especially when you are you know beginning and you don't have work lined up and you don't know how it's going to look or what it's going to kind of turn into being yeah. it's important to have that support community around you to feed you a yeah. little bit well because that's the thing it's it's it is a support system mm-hmm. and you know it's it's tough out there so you know when you have people who can relate and who can be supportive uh, it may, and who also make you feel like you're able to do what it is that you do. And that, that's always such a great feeling, you know, that's such yeah. a great feeling of, of, a good um, reminder. yeah, such <laughs> you're a an actor. relief, you <laughs> know, like, oh, I am an actor. Yeah. I can still do this. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, I have a question for you. I know it's probably very different now from where you are in your career, but, um, when you were just beginning, saying yes to work, saying yes to projects. Did you say yes to everything? What was sort of your criteria as you were going out? Um, especially too with the Brothers McMullen, just hearing you guys talk about it. In, and I have seen the, the film, as I said before, and it's amazing. It's a spe- it is a special film, like the writing and everybody, you can tell that it was a special project. And did you did you know that? I mean, you said you oh, kind no. of went into that. Was there a point where you did? Is there a point where you know what what has changed now when you look at projects and you say yes, I'm going to take this. No, I'm going to pass. And in comparison to when you were first starting out, well, back then I said yes to everything. Okay, you know, I just was so excited every time if somebody actually wanted to hire me or not even hire because a lot of times there was no money involved, but if somebody wanted to cast me, um, including in your murder mystery. Yeah. Like my murder mystery. It's like, <laughs> that sounds really another cool. 50 actually. Bucks. <laughs> Let's drive to the Poconos. That's awesome. Do some dinner theater. <laughs> That's so cool. Um, I wish I could have seen that. But yeah, I wish you could. <laughs> I wish I could have seen yeah, that murder yeah. mystery. Yeah. We all do Poconos. Yeah, we all yeah, wish no. we could see we all you because you can never unsee it can you no no you never can um but yeah uh that I, I i would just you know i would always say yes to everything and and by the way had really great every experience i had not i mean i would say in my recollection 
I, I, I felt like I learned something mm-hmm. and I was, again, I just always felt really just very fortunate to have the opportunity to do it. But that's just my, that's just my deep love of, of this, of this work and of being in the theater or being, doing film. Um, you know, and, and as, as I, as my career has gone on, it's harder to say yes to everything. And, and somebody said to me, a few years ago, they said, sometimes your greatest power is saying no. Mm. Um, and that, that is sort of true too, because you can also overextend yourself and, you know, and it just, the, the criteria has changed over the years in terms of what, what I would like to be doing. And now for me, it's very important to feel that I'm challenging myself in the roles that I'm doing. And I'm trying, I, I, I'm always trying to do something that feels like uh, maybe different from anything I've ever done before, particularly in television, you know, cause I, I, I love working in TV so much, but I don't ever want to be pigeonholed into mm-hmm. a certain kind of character or ha- having played, you know, I, they, somebody only thinks of me as one, this one person, mm-hmm. you know? So for me, I think the way to avoid that is by trying to do characters that are different and and even if even if outwardly they don't look different to the audience it's for me as a, as an actor i want the characters to be different in the sense that they challenge me in different ways you mm-hmm. know so i'm constantly i'm constantly challenging myself and and then it feels new and then i feel like i can genuinely bring something um, new to it and, uh, maybe something that hasn't, that I haven't done before and that hasn't been seen before. Cause otherwise I think it's, it's easy to, you know, we're actors. It's not, it's not, it's not a great idea to be in your comfort zone for too long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's and that's, you know, luckily when you're first starting out, there's a lot of not being in your comfort yeah. zone. <laughs> so use that because that really does, that helps us as artists. Like don't, don't, worry that you're not comfortable because if you use that, you don't know where it can take you. Mm -hmm. Um, and I still, that's still one of the key, you know, driving forces for me with with the choices that I make. I love that. Yeah, me too. Um, we sadly are out of time. time Yeah. But Um, I want to ask you the question we always ask everybody at the end of the podcast. Connie, which is um, just because we're, you know, our, our, our podcast is so much about LA and acting. So um, if you had, if you could think of one, what we call an LAism, which is like something that is unique to LA that you've noticed, we'd love to hear it. Well, there are lots of LAisms, but um, I'm looking at my shoes that I'm wearing today that are <laughs> lined in shearling. Um, I think it's fake shearling, guys. So don't worry, don't worry about those my my fellow animal lovers. Um, but that's a that's a that's an LAism. It's about 65 degrees here today, so once the temperature dips below 70, everybody true. pulls out the parkas. That's true. Yeah. Oh God, it's freezing. Oh 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 no! I hope I don't get frostbite. That's really it's true. true. Our- our fuzzy boots all come out. Fuzzy boots are out, guys. It's winter. Oh my god! 
Thank you. Yeah, so thank much. you, Connie, so oh, much thank for you being guys. here today. It was, it was lovely to see so you. So oh great and helpful, I'm sure, to many. Oh yeah, people are gonna me included. Love well, this podcast. Yes. Good luck out. Good luck out there, guys. <laughs> and good luck. I don't know what that means, but go with it. <laughs> Thanks for listening today. We'll be bringing you a new podcast soon. In the meantime, check out our other podcasts like this one at Speak LA, the podcast. Over and out. Bye.